Welcome to episode 113 of Shannon on Batman. I am your host, Justin Shannon. We got Kyle Davis here tonight talking with us and our special guest tonight, Mario Francisco Robles. Ooh. So, yeah, we're excited. A lot to talk about tonight. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. This is episode 113. Welcome back, Mario. We're glad to have you back. It's It's been like a month since we talked to you. And we've been trying to like coordinate... Like getting you you back on, so we're happy that you're here again tonight. Yeah. It's super late on the East Coast, like eleven, almost eleven thirty. Kyle, Kyle doesn't sleep ever, so he's. I'm literally a bat. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, you took your bat fandom to a whole other level, there, didn't you, Kyle? You gotta embrace it. <laughs> so while everyone's yeah. sleeping, Kyle is fighting crime. Yes. There you go. There you go. No, I, I'm really happy to be back. I'm glad the stars align. I'm, I'm glad we have some fun DC goodness to discuss. So, like, take take it away, Justin. Um. So before we get into like the meat of the the episode, which is gonna, we're gonna like spend most of our evening about the Batflick situation, how that is such an ongoing situation. Like meteorologists have problems, you know, figuring out the weather <laughs> that surrounds that situation. But we had like some sad stuff, some cool stuff, and then some like like head scratcher uh, topics to talk about tonight before we get into that. So, so we're gonna run the gamut of emotions here. It's gonna be an emotional roller coaster. It's gonna be like a Stephen King novel. Whoa. <laughs> That's deep. Just a just a good one. <laughs> not not the stand. I'm not a fan of that book. It just drones on for way too long. Well, you know, it's funny. I've never really read a Stephen King book, and I just started The Shining. So is that one any good? It has its moments. The end is... Uh, <laughs> I think I've heard of that one. <laughs> the end of that movie is really creepy. I'm not going to lie. It involves right. a young female and, like, seven of her friends. We'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, that, that, that gives me a lot to look forward to. <laughs> so if you're into that kind of a thing, I guess more more power to you. Um <laughs> So this, let's just start off with the sad stuff. Yeah. Uh, so was it yesterday or was it Monday? It was two Monday? days ago. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like a day behind for some reason. So unfortunately, if you haven't been um, present over the last 48 hours, the original Lois Lane from the Superman film series, Margot Kidder, passed away in her sleep. Um and I was not expecting that at all. She was really young, 69 years old. I thought she had at least another 15, 20 years. Uh, but, I mean, I'm on Monday when I was, you know, scrolling through Twitter, I saw that. And I, I got a little glassy-eyed because I remember how important that first Superman movie was for me as a kid seeing it. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a moment in Superman the movie that is like like, always will be ingrained in my brain. And I feel like when my, the final synapses of my brain die and I pass away, <laughs> this moment will, you know, pop up. It's where where Superman flies and he tries to save 
Lois, and he realizes that she had died. Like, she died, and she's just laying there. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, and and to see Superman's reaction to that, you know, still gets me a little choked up, and how angry he is. Yeah. You know, I joke about it on Twitter every once in a while. That, you know, I think it's like a, every six months I post this where I have uh, the, the saying where Marlon Brand is like, my son, you can't turn, like, you m- must not, you know, interfere with human, you know, human whatever. History. Uh, human history. And then my, my joke is, uh, Superman, hold my beer. And he just turns the world back. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's super sad to think, like, Lois Lane, like my first entree to the character of Lois is no longer like I watched it like last night thinking about it. I was like, wow, she was really good. And, you know, such a, you know, there's not a lot of uh, like information like still pouring out of like she passed away in Montana. But I mean, it, it definitely hit me and struck a chord with me and Mario when when you heard the news. Well, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's a hard pill to swallow because, you know, she was, in many ways, she was like my first cinematic uh, love interest, you know, because the Superman movies, you know, I grew up on those, and I, I've said many times before, they're like, you know, I was like three and a half, four years old when I uh, saw Superman 4 in theaters, and I swear, like, I, I came to life while watching that movie. Not that it's the best movie to come to life to, but, you know, like, I feel like that's the first movie I can remember like actually sitting in the theater and going for the ride of what a movie can do with all the, you know, the, the good versus the evil and the music and the drama and the romance and the whole thing. And so, you know, Lois in many ways for me is like the first love interest that I ever, you know, had in, in a Hollywood setting and seeing her chemistry with Christopher Reeve in those movies was just very palpable. And, you know, in many ways, she sort of set up the archetype for the type of women that I I feel like I, I wanted to be with one day, even though I was a little kid. Like, she subconsciously planted the seeds for, like, you know, feisty and strong and funny but tender, not going to put up with any nonsense. Like, you know, she she set the bar really high, too, because in so many movies where there's, you know, you know, action movies, the woman's always, like, the damsel in distress. She's always the one who's getting kidnapped. She's always the one who's, like, helpless without the, the big manly hero. And I never really got that sense with Lois. You know, with Margot Kidder's take on her, there was this vivaciousness and this tenacity that, you know, she just she really did set the bar very high. So I'll always have a very special place in my heart for Margot. And, you know, hearing that she's no longer with us is, you know, it's very sad, especially since she's young. Yeah, young. she was super young, 69 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will submit that she is much better in Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut. I think she really shines. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. Superman 2, oh, I have. the Richard Donner cut, I you know, you, yeah. everyone needs to see that. Yes, Just such yeah, a better... Do. It's pretty much the the Snyder cut of 1980, whenever that movie came out. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyle, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really sad to see her um, die the, nowadays. Like like I said, she definitely could have had in her 15 years, especially with, like, way science and medicine all that is today, but just wasn't meant to be. And uh, I guess what we can really do is just kind of look back at all the iconic moments, all the, all the good memories that we've built up with her over the years. Uh, you guys have already mentioned a couple of the iconic parts of Superman, Superman 2 and all that. So I won't repeat what you've already said, but yeah, like she definitely helped usher in a new era for not just 
superhero movies, but like actresses in general. I, what's amazing about her is, in, especially in the Richard Donner cut, is she knew that Superman was Clark. Clark was Superman. And there's like that, that I don't know, when she, if you haven't seen it, there's a moment where she literally draws uh, on Superman. Like yeah, she draws like glasses. Paper. Yep. <laughs> there's glasses on this, like, this newspaper, and she looks at it and she goes, hmm... So I don't know, like I will, she will always be Lois to me, like Kate Bosworth, Amy Adams, you know, there's a Smallville Lois, but for me, like just the first one for me. So, um, and there's something to be said, by the way, for like about, about the power of their chemistry together, because really, if you look at it, you know, it's kind of a mismatch, you know, because you, you, first of all, I I don't know the actual numbers, but she always seemed like she was a fair amount older than Christopher, and I feel like. You know, she's not necessarily like some bombshell beauty, like cover model. You know what I mean? But the two of them together, like it just fit. You understood why he fell in love with her. And you understood that they had some sort of amazing magnetic connection there. Like, I mean, if you've ever seen like the bonus footage or the documentaries that have like the the, uh, the audition tapes and whatnot, where you see Christopher trying out with all these different Loises, like the two of them just had this 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 magic this 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 just this i don't know this spark in the air that i'll always kind of you know be be in awe of that because it overcame the fact that kind of on its own if you just kind of look at the two of them you wouldn't naturally think that that's an easy fit you know right and what's funny since you brought that up is chris was like the ultimate act actor's actor like he was like staying character was super serious but you know watching the the behind the scenes and uh, Margo was always like, you know, joking around and, you know, being silly on set comparative to. Yeah. So that's always, I mean, I think that speaks more to her as a person and how, what she thought of, you know, the character. And I just think that her being who she was, Margo Kidder, Lois Lane, really elevated Chris Reeves' Superman because wasn't that his like first movie? Was that his first movie, or did he I, do something? Uh, he, he had done something else, but that was his first like big thing. So, man, well, here's to you, Margot Kidder. Like, yep. So rest so, in peace. Yes. So no more sad stuff for to. Well, <laughs> maybe later. On how you look at it, yeah. <laughs> maybe later. So, Kyle, did you see the commencement of Michael Keaton, where he said, "I'm Batman." No, I, I missed that. Do you uh, do care kind of recapping it for me? So basically at the end of a long commencement at Kent State, I think it was at Kent State. Ugh, I, I may have gotten that wrong. That sounds right. <laughs> um, But he says, I'm Batman. And like the most badass Batman, like he still got it. I still <laughs> I still think, it, I, I submit, I, I still think if there is ever a Batman Beyond movie, Please cast Michael Keaton as to, as Bruce Wayne. Make that yeah, happen. Hollywood. That would be absolutely amazing. Yes, it would. Because you can, he's still young enough where he can he can put a, he can wear the cape and the cowl. You know, like the mech suit that he wears in the TV show, the animated <laughs> TV show. So <laughs> he's well, still he a damn good actor too. Yes. Yep. I kind of like how, like, a after he gave up the cowl in the early '90s, he kind of got the sense that he was trying to like get away from it for a while. But then in these last few years, he's really embraced it. You know, first he did that that Birdman movie, 
And, you know, which totally kind of played on the fact that he has this history of playing a guy who's a giant bird. You're dressed like a giant bird. Then, you know, he was the vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. You know, once again, returning to the superhero genre and being a guy who flies around with big wings. And now here he is closing his commencement you know, speech with two words. I'm Batman. Like, I, I just I love that he's like he's back to loving, you know, embracing it and, and you know, honoring that part of his history. He's such a versatile actor, too, and I don't think he gets enough credit for being an actor. If you see him in Spotlight, woo, he bl- he knocks it out of the park. Like, I think that's – I feel like he, he's amazing in Birdman, but Spotlight, I, I like that movie a little bit more because you see – you see, like, he's kind of like the, the moral linchpin of that entire, entire film where Birdman, he's more like this – oddly out there kind of a character who is up and down and says effed up things and that movie's <laughs> so strange it's so weird it is so strange <laughs> it's a weird movie but he's still he's so good in it but i like him in spotlight i think that i you know if there is that batman beyond just cast him just make it happen just it's easy so now, but now, okay. So, what if it's not Batman Beyond? What if it's Kingdom Come? Who do you cast as the old man Batman there? Plot I twist. St- I still think you know he he has to get in shape though. So you stick with Michael Keaton even for Kingdom Come? I mean, I would say Ben Affleck, but he's done, right? Like, oh wait, <laughs> we got to get to that later. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I I I he's not I, old enough yet. Too come on. I mean, if they were to do a Kingdom Come movie in these next couple of years, you got to pick a guy who's actually, you know, a hardened old man. I mean, he'd still, he'd be good if they if Zack Snyder directed like The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, I feel like Michael Keaton is at that perfect age for it, but he has to, you know, it looks like he he smokes like a chimney. And no offense if Michael <laughs> Keaton ever listens, but work out, man. Let's get in shape Ooh. for this role. Let's do yikes. it. Yikes! Yikes! Them fighting words. I'm, but let's be real. He's kind of looking. What does he up. have to work out for? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, it's kingdom come. Oh, well, yes, for that in general. But, yeah, he he's in good shape for a guy in his, what, mid-50s, early 60s? What is he now? I think, I think he's in his early 60s, mid-60s. He's in better shape than I am, and I'm 34, so, you know. I mean, he's looking a little, little weathered. I'm going to get so much hate <laughs> for this, but he's looking a little, little weathered. I think he's getting too much of that sun. That's probably what it is. Yes, yes, too much sun. Um. Uh oh, newsflash: Gotham is coming to an end, season five. If only it would have ended four seasons ago. Oh snap! <laughs> I'm kind of surprised I made it this far. <laughs> what what a bold hot take that is, Justin. This is a beloved show. I can't believe you're going. Yeah, out by me. There. I love it. You're going out on a limb saying that. It's a terrible That's... rendition of a of a of what originally should have been Gotham Central. And when we had Greg Rucker on, we had Greg Rucker on like a couple of years ago when Gotham had just. I think it was like it was just like been... it was going to be coming out soon. I think. No, I think it was, was like it the out? middle of season one. Was it? Yeah, Not I think that time. so. And we asked him. I said, "Did you watch it?" He goes, "No." No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen even like a scene from it. Like, it, oh. yeah, it's just not on my radar. So I've never oh. seen any of it. It's Gotham. like, 
It's like if Batman Returns merged with Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I would describe it. It has these on, dark on a, elements. It's that, but on a TV budget. <laughs> yeah, see, because, like, and, and the shame of it all is, like, when I read the concept, the concept worked. If it yeah. was, like, more of, like, a straight-up, like, detective, you know, procedural that happened to be set in Gotham, and there's some subtle sort of teases to Batman villains, but it's mainly just a really rel, um, rel, well-written detective story, I could have seen that being something special, but it just, it, I quickly started hearing the buzz on it that it was uh, not those things. So that's why I never bothered checking it out. It's if you have nothing else to do and you just and you want your eyes and ears to bleed, I submit that you should watch the show. <laughs> wow. Ouch. But uh it's just the it's, fans deserve it, so much better than that. <laughs> and if you're a fan of Gotham, more power to you. I know I have a lot of friends that actually enjoy it. They like the 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 take on it. They like, you know, the 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 what's his name? The it's not the Joker, what's Kyle? Yeah, Jerome. Jerome, there you go. Like, I hear he's still really good, but uh, every time I try to turn it back on, there's just like some weird, like the when Michael Chiklis was in that weird oh. costume. Oh, gee. I'm just like, oh, sir, you have fallen so far since Big Mackey. I hope you got well, paid you know, good for that. You know what for me is kind of like the bigger story, though, in this announcement. Yeah, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did, did they not say that it's going to conclude in the next season with with Bruce becoming Batman? I I honestly didn't look into it because I was just like, no. <laughs> well, you know what it is. Well, because what I'm getting at is I read that somewhere, and I don't know if maybe it's just hearsay. But if that is the case, assuming that is the case, I should look it up, but I'm not going to. <laughs> if that is the case, I think it's pretty cool in terms of like how far we've come. Because if you recall a bunch of years ago, like on Smallville, you know they wanted to try to bring bring Batman in, and WB was it was like a hard no. You know, and the fact that now we're getting to a place where, like, you know, it's happening everywhere. We're like, you know, they, they, they could have Batman pop up on Gotham. They've got, you know, Superman and the Flash on CW, but they're also have Superman and Flash in the movies. Like, it's interesting to see how the how the philosophy has evolved over there at Warner Brothers in DC, where they used to be incredibly guarded with these characters, but now they're like, no, it's okay. We can also allow you know small screen versions of them without thinking it's going to hurt the movies. You know, I kind of appreciate that. But the handling of this show has been so piss poor. And I, like I said, if you're a fan of Gotham, more power to you. I, if you love it, I, I have nothing. It's just not my thing. And it hasn't been, like, I gave it a full season and a half. And after that, I was like, just, I can't do it. It's, it's, it just, it, like, what Kyle <laughs> said. speechless. <laughs> What Kyle it said is that. like it should have been so much more if they would have adapted Gotham Central and made that the crux, and then they wanted to slowly seed, you know, Harvey Dent, the Riddler, all that stuff. But to have like the Riddler in Gotham, having Scarecrow in Gotham, having all these characters in Gotham before Batman, really, you know, my favorite Batman stories are Batman comes in and then he brings, he's the freak that brings the rest of the freaks in. You're such a Nolanite. No, I'm kidding. I, no, <laughs> no, that's not like, you know, that's, you know, long Halloween, 
yeah. uh, year one. I mean, no, I'm with you. I'm just I'm just messing with you. But no, I totally agree that it, it does work best when he's the one who kind of, you know, opens up the gate and now the escalation begins because now, oh, with a guy like that fighting crime, the criminals suddenly feel like now we got to be bigger and bolder and all that stuff too. And I, I do agree with you. That is a much more compelling way to go than just Gotham happens to be chock full of insane costumed weird villains all the time. Right. Because who is fighting these villains? You know, I don't buy a 15 or 16-year-old Bruce Wayne, you know, putting on the cape and the cowl fight, you know, I, did he train in this series? I don't know. Like I, I know that the last episode I watched, I think Bruce got kidnapped and Alfred had a gun. As I was, was say, it's okay. Cause he has Australian Alfred teaching him how to fight. Australian <laughs> Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the last episode that I watched. And then, you know, I, it's always on at the gym for some strange reason. And then I just like look away. I was just like, wow. All right, now, now let me ask you guys this. All right. Th I'm thinking, you know, th I'm, for some reason I have Smallville on the brain. So for Smallville, remember what they did? It was the, you know, in the closing shot, we get the shirt rip and they're playing the John Williams music. Now, assuming Gotham goes a similar route, and maybe you know, like it's gonna, the closing shot is going to be like Batman in all his glory, standing atop a, uh, a gargoyle overlooking Gotham. What, which Batman theme would you like playing under him? Batman. You know, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> I, I, or the bat, bat, Batman and Robin theme. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Like it's not Batman '89. It's not the Nolan verse. It's like this weird freak so he, show. So of he's Batman only Returns. worth. So he's only worth the Batman Returns theme. No, like, I don't even think he's worth that. Like, I think it's a weird freak show of Batman Returns, which is, like, this dark, gothic, like, really sadistic, you know, take on the character. And then this weird, garish Batman and Rock. It's like, they they brought, like, the two weirdest things. I mean, and Wayne Manor is, like, the Wayne Manor that we see in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. So it's just, like, this weird... Here's kind of the weird thing about Gotham. In the in like the first season at least, and a little bit into the second one too, Jim Gordon was the main character. Like it was his but, show. And then over yeah. time it kind of morphed into being Bruce Wayne's series and him becoming the Batman. So like I don't know interesting. I don't know how they would actually go about it. Cause like it started off as a Jim Gordon series and now it's not anymore. They said at least I don't think it is. I don't see him in the advertisements very much anymore, so I know he's. I know he's directing a lot of uh, the guy who plays Jim Gordon. I can't remember. Ben uh, McKenzie. Yeah. Ben McKenzie. Because he has the worst Batman voice. Because he was Batman in year one. Like he did the animated version of Batman. Oh Batman. really? Okay. And he is the worst voice of that character ever. <laughs> like I'm trying. I'm seriously not trying to shit on the show. Like I, for people who enjoy it, it's just not for me. If it's for you, I I humbly apologize. I'm not trying to shit on it. It's let, just let's let's not please note version let, of Batman. Let's please note that Justin is saying that after spending seven minutes shitting on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it just and, and now the news today that they're gonna the guy who created Gotham's gonna do a Pennyworth show. I'm just like you've already pr practically ruined a lot of these characters. Please don't ruin Alfred Pennyworth. Like, don't do it. 
You know, but they're not ruined because nobody really watched Gotham. No, you, people would have to actually care about the show for these characters to be ruined. But if if if, if Matt Reeves announced that the Penguin is going to be the villain in his Batman movie, you're going to be excited. You're not going to be like, oh, but they did a crappy Penguin on Gotham. They're not ruined. You're being well, dramatic. Stop shitting on Gotham. <laughs> well, I just think, like, Alfred is one of the, the central tier characters in the world of 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 Batman in the world yes. of Gotham City. And, you know, he is the emotional, he like, he's the father figure of Bruce. Now, if they, if they play to their strengths and they, you know, they show that he was like an SIS kind of a guy, he was in the military, he had military training. And, you know, we kind of get like, we see like he has like an arc, like he was uh, like how I kind of look at it. Like the way that I would do is remember uh, X-Men first class where, you know, Professor X was kind of like the partier and all that stuff. And then you see him yeah. like on a journey. If they kind of do that, where we see like he starts like one extreme at the beginning of the season and then the, the last uh, episode of the final season, you see his art, he's slowly becoming the Alfred we know. Then I'm good with that. But for it to be going to its epics, it's not going to be on like any like major network. I'm just like, ugh. Man, this the only thing that gives me any semblance of hope is the fact that it's a miniseries. Like, it's apparently meant to just be one 10-episode arc told, you know, it's going to have its own nice beginning, middle, and end. I think as long as they keep it short and tight like that and they're just telling one, you know, well-condensed story, I think that's pretty good. If they were to try to stretch it out into a five-season thing, then, yeah, it's going to get watered down it's going to get hokey and silly they're going to try to do things to get more ratings all that sort of stuff the fact that they're going into this is basically saying we just have this one alfred story we want to tell it'll take 10 episodes you know that gives me hope that it's a mini series not a series so do you think the last episode of this mini series because I, I honestly didn't even read into the because i think boris kit he it was the like i saw him tweet about it so i just didn't read i was like yeah. Oh God, not this again! <laughs> but if they end the series, like if the tenth, if like the tenth episode is him walking up to Wayne Manor and he goes, "Master, you know, you know," we see like a young, you know, Bruce. Like it jumps a couple years, and we see like a like a six or seven year old Bruce, Master Bruce. Like, but I don't think it's gonna be like that. I think it's I don't know. We'll see what happens. Only time will tell. I think I'm not gonna watch it. It's gonna be an epic. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be interesting if they sort of play up what's been done in the comics. You know, th th there's a version of Alfred where he had a very difficult relationship with his father. And if that's somehow woven into the story, and if the closing shot then becomes him going over to a crib with a newborn in it and saying, hello, Master Bruce, and realizing that he's going to become a father figure to this little baby, that could be very emotional. You know, I mean, I, I tweeted about that earlier where I'm like, where everyone's all high and mighty now, but if they actually pay that off, and that's like the closing shot is, you know, Alfred laying eyes on this little baby boy that he's going to, you know, we know what's going to happen to the two of them and what they're going to go through. We're all going to be sobbing on our couches, assuming we watch the show. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're going to watch the show. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so the meat of the episode. Let's get into some Batfleck talk before. Batfleck talk. Batfleck. So the other day, yeah, the other day, Umberto tweeted out a photo of Flashpoint, uh, the the Thomas <laughs> yes. Wayne 
you know, kind of like yes, the Jeffrey the Dean Morgan photo of kind of like him like disappearing, like they do at the end of Avengers. Spoiler alert! Sorry if you haven't seen Avengers yet. Um, that everyone dies. Everyone dies. I don't, um, I don't feel so good, Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that's funny. So, and Berto tweeted that out. And so I hit up my source and then I immediately hit you up after that. And I said, Hey man, you know, I'm hearing that this is it. Like he's done like that. Like the, the flashpoint was Ben Affleck's going to be, that was going to be his last entree into the character, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Yep. That was going to be like that fulfilled his contractual obligations. If he wanted to come back, you know, I didn't get into the, like that. If like once Flashpoint was over, if he wanted to come back, he'd be welcome back. Like I didn't ask that, but you know, I hit up my source and said, "What are you hearing?" He goes, "Done." And uh, I won't say I won't say anything else because just you know, I don't want to give up too much information. But you know, I hit you up and I said, "Hey, I'm hearing that like this is it. Like this the Flashpoint was going to be the last vehicle." For Ben Affleck as Bat, Ben Affleck as Batman slash Batflack, whatever, whatever we call him, um, and then I think you hit me up the next day and like, yep, I'm hearing the same thing. Yeah, as soon as you passed that baton to me, I went and spoke to my source, and they also said that it's over. That you know, and this is a source that is typically, as I've said on my show last week, this is a source. That tends to like, you know, I don't know, hedge their bets. Like in the past, they've said it looks like he's leaving. We think he's going to leave, this sort of thing. But they never want to say definitively, yes, it's over. Because they're like, yeah, things could change. Things could change. This time, they there was no hesitation. There was no mincing of words. There was Affleck is gone. It's a done deal. It's over. That era is done. So. Yeah. And then <laughs> the other, it was like couple days ago we see a tweet that now he's interested in reprising the role (laughs) he's still interested in doing batman so then i hit you up and i said well it sounds like he's negotiating in the press because the guy who tweeted that out you know he's had some pretty good information he had you know information about new gods and then ava duvernay directing that and then you know he posted that that so, like, and then I tweeted, it's like, man, it's like the weather changes with the situation. I'm still under the impression that Affleck is done. I don't think he's coming back. Now that Flashpoint has morphed into uh, into a solo Flash standalone film uh, that it's not going to be – there's going to be no elements from uh, the Flashpoint, Flashpoint. storyline. There's going yeah. to be no – because, you know, when talking with Jay Oliva, you know, Flashpoint was supposed to have, like, you know, there were supposed to be uh, references to the nightmare sequences. That was going to be paid off in Flashpoint and then really t- ramped up in Justice League 2. Now that Flashpoint is no longer a thing, it's just going to be the Flash. Done, Batfleck, bat Dunzo. Yeah. But, but now that... We saw that tweet. What are you still thinking he's done? Do you think he might come back? Do you think he's negotiating the press? What are your thoughts? See, here's the thing the, the whole thing is very complicated for me because I think he's done because I trust the people I speak to. And yeah, and for years, that's just, you know, even if you speak over to Jet over at Batman on film, also, like everyone's been saying for ages now that Affleck is done and gone. 
But on the other hand, I don't want him to be gone. And like a part of me like wants to believe that they found a way to keep him and that he's worked out a deal and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So I so it's like on the one hand, I'm like I, I'm trusting what I'm hearing, but on the other hand, I'm hoping that it's wrong. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. it's a strange position to be in. Yeah, and I tweeted the other night. I said, uh, you know, I I love Ben Affleck. He's been my favorite Batman so far. I think that, you know, for me, he like right now he's gonna go down as like the Timothy Dalton of like James Bond, like really yeah. great James Bond, but really not in the best James Bond movies. And that's gonna kind of be his legacy. I really wish they were to get more of his Bruce Wayne. And I love him. I think he's a fantastic. He looks like the Kevin Conroy Batman. There's a lot that I enjoy. He's been a fantastic Batman. By the but, way, I would I, I would venture to say he's not even Timothy Dalton because I really feel like we only got one real Ben Affleck Batman performance, so he's more the George Lazenby. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> because I don't even count Justice League as a Ben Affleck it, Batman performance. He, he napped through that, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but we only got one. Go ahead. Yeah, like I'm. I'm. I just. At this point, and I've said this on previous episodes, I'm just make a decision. I'm tired of this back and forth. I how here's I how I look at it, how I've described it before. It's like you're dating a girl, right? And then she breaks up with you. And then a couple weeks later, she realizes what she's missing, and then she wants to come back. It's like that give and take at Warner Brothers. Like, well, do we want him to leave? Do we want him to stay? Has you know his personal life kind of gotten away? You know, there was like that negative, and you know, I'm just. Well, you know what's exciting for me? What's exciting for me is considering that Flashpoint is seemingly off the table and Justice League 2 has been pushed on and it's on indefinite hold limbo for a very long time. That means that if they did manage to get him to stick around, it's going to be for a solo Batman movie, that which would be the Matt Reeves movie. Now, I know you and I have said that, like, we're not necessarily these huge Matt Reeves, you know, uh, aholics, but the idea <laughs> of, of, of him in a solo movie, presumably now motivated and ready to do this, because, you know, otherwise, why would he extend this if he really was as over it as he once seemed? Um, that prospect, I think, is exciting. Because with those other movies that he might have popped up in, like Flashpoint and Justice League 2 off the table, that means that any you know, the next time we see him, if we did see him, is in a solo Batman movie. And that excites me. That excites me as well. But I just, I think that the current regime that's handling the Batman situation doesn't want to be tethered and I use that word, doesn't want to be tethered to things that have already come before. They kind of want to do their own thing. And so, like we've talked about this in the last episode, why is this guy who does, who seemingly, like, I've never talked to this man, so I don't know. Like, I've only seen, like, some things that he, you know, he's tweeted about. But I've, I'm questioning, if this guy doesn't want to be tethered to this, what's already come before, then why is he the guy? Why is, I'm still wondering, why, why is Matt Reeves the guy? When they could literally go after Christopher McQuarrie, who's going to make a bazillion dollars with Mission Impossible Fallout. And that, to me, looks more like a Batman film than what Matt Reeves has done. No offense. I think I love the Pliz Apes movies. I think, didn't he direct Cloverfield, too? Yeah. But I was watching the Mission Impossible film, not the film, but the, the trailer today. I was like, holy, like, real-world stunts, the cinematography looks awesome, you have a great-looking villain. Like, 
I was like, why is why is Christopher McQuarrie not being quartered for this Batman? Keep movie? your hands off my McQuarrie. I want him for Superman, damn it. I want Brad Bird for Superman. Oh, well, you know, that's I've been talking the Brad Bird thing for ages, but lately with all this talk, all this chatter of McQuarrie and Cavill talking about Superman and all this stuff lately, like now I've got a total like nerd hard on for, for McQuarrie doing a Superman movie. So keep your hands off him. Batman has a director already, okay? <laughs> for now. <laughs> um so what Kyle, we haven't really like, you know, looped like you in. Gonna- you you're the one who usually keeps us on 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 target here. Stay on target. Stay on target. Mm. What are what are your thoughts on what you know what we because we've had these conversations in private now. Oh, Mario, oh, yeah. On. yeah. I'm just kind of over it all, you know. Like 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 I said, the will he or won't he? Like, just make a decision. Be adults. Make a decision, and then we can just all move on from our. We just kind of move on, you know, like. We, I don't want to be sitting here for another few months being like, well, is he going to be in the movie? Is he not going to be in the movie? Are we getting Flashpoint? We're not getting Flashpoint? It's just, it's just all this stuff. And it's like, it is such a drag. It almost like ruins my enjoyment of other things going on because I'm just like, oh, we don't know what's going on. It's just like this this thing floating above all our heads that we're all just like sitting there waiting for like a balloon to pop or something. You know, it's just like any moment now, the anticipation's killing us. At I this, mean, go ahead. No, what I was going to say was, like, if we were to take a step back and just kind of, like, look at this whole picture, the entire entanglements of Ben Affleck and DC as Batman and all this, you know, it, it was always a perplexing decision. And meanwhile, I liked the casting. Like, I, 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 I always saw him as Bruce Wayne. Like, when, like, not prior to the casting. I never thought of him. But, like, once they announced it, I'm like, oh, shit, that really works. You know, I, I was never part of that, like, <clears throat> anti-Affleck brigade. Remember all the backlash and petitions mm-hmm. and people flipping out? I didn't know what all the fuss was about. I thought, oh, this is a great choice. But I was already looking towards the future going, this is a bizarre choice, though. Because as much as he's a good fit for this role, he's basically a rental. You know, you're not going to get a guy of this caliber who's coming off of these Oscar movies who just, you know, at that time when they announced it, he had just finished this huge comeback. I wrote about it on the site recently. But, you know, he had just finished his comeback with The Town and Argo and winning Academy Awards and Best Director, Golden Globe and BAFTAs. Like here he was at the top of the mountain, one of, you know, the the, the creme de la creme, the A-list of Hollywood. He fought and, and clawed his way back to the top. There's no way you were going to get him for, like, the next 10 years as Batman. You were going right. to get him for a couple of years, and then he was going to go back and do what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? This was never going to be like a Robert Downey Jr. situation where he's going to be here for freaking 10 years. You know, th- this was always, at best, a rental. So it, when you're trying to establish a shared universe and you're trying to do this whole thing, Warner Brothers had all these big outlandish plans for, you know, here's a slate of 10 movies and we're going to have this whole huge thing. You don't hire a Batman who you're only going to have for maybe four movies. So the whole thing to me was like, like that was always like right from the outset. I love the casting, but I don't understand this decision. And now, and now I'm kind of seeing that like, you know, that – I, I kind of my hunch was right that this was going to get messy as his contract was coming to a close, figuring out what do we do now? Do we recast him? Do we have a, a storyline where he passes the cowl down to another person to be Batman? Like, you know, I, I just I, I never quite understood how if you're trying to build a long standing 
shared universe is going to be around for the next 5, 10, 15 years, presumably. Why would you hire a guy you know you're only going to really have for about four or five years? Right. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard this, but, you know, when, I, when I, we're talking with the source I've talked to, you know, I, I, I straight up asked and said, well, what if they did like a like Affleck was more of like the shared universe Batman and, you know, he shows up in Justice League, he's in Flashpoint and Matt Reeves has his own Batman. And he goes, you know, they've thought about that, too. I was like, well, that's interesting. How is that going to play out? How is that going to work? Because I still want Affleck in the role. Like, I, I want to have my cake and eat it, too. You know, but at this point, I think that after, you know, the backlash of BBS and Suicide Squad and now Justice League and then the studio fucking his movie Live by Night over, yeah. not giving him enough time to really do that. And then they try to shove you know, the Batman down his throat by, hey, we got these, you know, studios, we're going to line that up. But, hey, I don't have the script ready, but, you know, we'll, you get the script ready. Let's get this, let's get to this movie, fat, you know, you know, you know, you know, let's get it going. Let's let's do it. Let's do this Batman movie. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, we'll figure it out. So well with Justice League. We'll figure it out on the fly. <laughs> so I just think, like, to kind of... I, it's so hard for me to say. I, well, while you're there at a loss for words, can I just say I hate that idea? <laughs> no, no, well, yeah, I, I hate that idea too. But I, you know, I was like, well, you know, because I love the, I love Affleck. Yes, I think he's amazing. So you know, we could have, you know, we, I could still have my love affair with him as Batman, even I though. I hear he, you. But to so, me, that's very confusing. Like I, like, I didn't like it when Warner Brothers was, was going to do it with Christian Bale and Army Hammer. And I like it even less now as they're trying to finally establish a, a shared universe and, and you know, get the brand back on track. To suddenly now be like, hey, guys, there's two Batmans for you to keep track of. Like, I think that's, you know, I don't think that works. With all I, due respect, Justin. <laughs> I, I, no, 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 I'm not. You're off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, but you know, that's something I did. I did ask that. And you know, that was something that, he, you know, that person, he or she, uh, said, you know, <laughs> that was definitely, that could have been a possibility, but you know, it's not going to be that anymore. Affleck is, you know, for all intents and purposes done. And, you know, I'm trying to think like, what is his legacy as Batman? What will it be? And I guess the best way to say is like missed opportunity Great, yeah. great, great Batman, but not enough screen time, not enough, you know, that, you know, the backlash of BVS will never, we'll never get really, you know, like I mean, at least we'll always have BVS, you know, because that, that was, you know, one for the ages in terms of what he gave us there, you know, at least we'll always have that. Yeah. And he, you can tell he's working his ass off in that mm -hmm. movie. He, is he was so committed. Yeah, he was so dedicated. That's what made Justice League so hard to watch. Because, like, you could tell he just, like, I don't care anymore. Let's just get this over with. <laughs> Definitely with the reshoot stuff, for sure. Yes, yes. There's some stuff where, like, I can... It just... It just is such a precarious situation that for for everyone involved. Like, they, they shot... The studio shot themselves in the foot more than a few times that it you know that 
it ricocheted and, you know, hit other people, unfortunately. But see, but here's where the optimist uh, in me comes back again, though, because, like, if this rumor comes, you know, pans out that somehow they convince him to stay, right? That means that, because think about it, okay, if he's gone through all this stuff, all these ups and downs, all this drama, all basically having his foot out the door and being so over it, if somehow he's agreed to come back, that means we're going to get the motivated and locked in Affleck from from BVS again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, with that in mind, that's why I'm like, if these rumors are true, then this is incredibly exciting because, he, you know, he wouldn't want to do this again if it's going to be another Justice League type ordeal for him. If he's a, if he if he has somehow agreed to come back, it means that he either saw a script or he had a meeting with Reeves or something happened that made him go, OK, I have to make this. This sounds good enough for me to go ahead and proceed. And to me, that is an, um, you know, just the prospect of that gives me bat bumps. (laughs) (laughs) I made that up right now. You you may want to get that looked at at the doctor. I don't, (laughs) I'm not sure. Give it four hours first, then we'll figure (laughs) it out. Um, But I have a question for you. If Affleck stays in the role, does that mean that Matt Reeves leaves the director's chair? Oh, that's interesting. If it's, like, you think if it's, it's an either or? I do. I think that it's. I. I do feel that. I feel like one. One has to. You know. One has to leave. It's like wasn't that Harry Potter? One. If they both can't live with each other, one has to. If one is gonna live, the other one has to die. Kind of like I'm not saying Matt Reeves is gonna die. I'm just saying <laughs> Lock him in a cage. Okay. One leaves. In so 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 you're asking me in a hypothetical situation. Would I? I think you asked me this last time, or some variation. Like, would I rather I, have I, Matt Reeves with the new Batman, or have Ben Affleck without Matt Reeves? Is that more or less what you're asking me? Yeah, I, I, I think that if the rumor is true that you know Ben is interested in staying, then to me that means that someone's got to vacate the director's chair, and you know he might, you know he might convince the studio, hey, I don't like the direction that's going on. Like this is like me just being. You know, bullshitting right now. This is not anything I've heard. Like, I don't want like, this is just a hypothetical. Maybe that he says, you know, I don't like the direction of the script. You know, we're really not, I want to come back, but I don't like the script. I don't like, you know, what Matt Reeves is proposing. I'm interested in directing and starring. Do you, do you think that could possibly happen? I mean, uh, I I, I kind of don't. I just because I, I feel like Matt Reeves is too firmly ingrained in the project at this point. He's been tweeting about it recently and all this exciting Batman stuff he's supposedly working on. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen like the late night tweets where people ask him stuff and he responds with like the bat symbol and whatever. Like he seems like super jazz and super locked into this. I feel like, you know, he, you know, we're getting a Matt Reeves Batman movie. So I, I, I'm tempted to think that it's going to be like, if somehow Affleck is back, it would be him and Reeves actually working together. And if you think that that's a long shot, let's Which I do. I mean, but something to consider is, one of the reasons that people think it's a long shot is this assumption that Reeves wants to make a whole trilogy of movies, right? 
Mm-hmm. But when did that chatter happen? That chatter happened in the middle of last year when there was different leadership over at DC and you know <clears throat> you know the thing, things were different a year ago than they are now. You know Walter mm-hmm. Hamada's in charge now. The philosophy has been streamlined. It's clear that they're trying to steer things in a new direction. So with that in mind, it it, it stands to reason that they told Matt Reeves, "Don't worry about a trilogy." Make give us one great Batman movie, and then we'll see what happens after that. And with that in mind, he might be agreeable to going. Okay, so then you know, if 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 Ben wants to stay, then Ben can be my Batman for this one Batman movie. You know what I mean? Because I, I I say that because again, all this trilogy, trilogy. Oh, we want to make trilogy. That all came a year ago, and so much has changed since then. You know, Hamada seems to like not want to put the horse before the cart. He wants to you know, give me one great movie at a time. So I, I would not be surprised if, if, if as part of his meetings with Reeves earlier this year, trying to figure out what is the state of things and what direction are we going with this, he also said, don't worry about trying to make, map out a story that takes three movies to tell. Give us one amazing Batman movie because that's what we need, and then we'll see what happens from there. That'd be interesting, too. Hmm. Because it, it's, it's like it's about priorities, right? Like right now, in the state they're in, with the, with where the DC brand is right now, you know, do you think that they have they have any interest in in, in trying to map out Batman movies for the next six years, or are they just trying to focus on getting a great Batman movie into theaters? I think it might be a little bit of both because they have the AT and T situation going on still, <clears throat> so yeah. you know they're basically half a studio right like they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day so you know with you mentioning the 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 at&t sale that also makes me think too like it it, it could make them seem like a more enticing purchase if they tell at&t hey we have ben affleck still committed to be batman so that could be another reason why maybe you know if if they negotiated to somehow keep him, it, you know, that could be one of the motivations. You know what I mean? Like we've got this big A list star playing Batman. You know whatever. You know. I maybe really hopes that is true, but you never know with DC nowadays. They're always changing their minds at things. So we'll see. I texted. I texted a good friend <laughs> yesterday. I said, "Hey, what do you think about the situation with the, with uh, with you know you know that tweet and." Uh, he or she said, uh, you know, when it comes with DC films, until they're actually rolling cameras, I don't think anything is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's how I am too. Like, I'm excited for Wonder Woman 2. I think that has like this Dark Knight aura. Like, I, like it has this like weirdly Dark Knight aura like surrounding it. I remember when ba- after Batman Begins came out. And, you know, they cast, you know, Heath Ledger's the Joker. There's, like, that backlash. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling that same kind of vibe with Wonder Woman, too. You know, they casted Kristen Wiig, who is a great actress. Like, mm-hmm. she isn't good at anything. Mm-hmm. So the, I'm intrigued, way intrigued by her casting. Patty Jenkins is going to be back. She's not going to be tied down to this origin story. She can really tell this great and amazing story because I think the best stuff of Wonder Woman is when they're not uh, like I love the Themyscira stuff, but when like the actual like when that origin kind of stuff is done, like I feel like the movie just super improves after that. So, and now that she's not wedded to doing that again, I think that this movie has the you know the culture panache 
to really, you know, be, you know, a huge, huge behemoth of a blockbuster movie. So, you know, like that's important to the studio right now. You know, Shazam something still can't figure out why there's no fucking still of him. There's no official photo of him. <laughs> he doesn't you know? exist. <laughs> and, you know, you know, we see Henry Cavill talk about, you know, there's missteps or they made some mistakes with the marketing. Why didn't they market, you know, when he's doing the rounds for uh, for uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? You know, there's a lot to, you know, say with the last couple of years, but they need to. It's hard for them to really catch up, catch anything because the. They're, I bet they're always looking behind them, like, are we going to be bought? Is Are the people that are here right now in this boardroom meeting, are they going to be here in a couple weeks, a couple months? So what? Yeah. Who knows? There, there's so much. It's not like Marvel or, you know, Fox, you know, like, seems like Fox has. You no, know, the, le- the next X-Men movie is going to be the last one of this, like, of the Fox X-Men movies, and they're going to kind of reboot it into, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But, like, with, you know, DC, it's just like, why can't they figure this thing out? This isn't that hard. You know, Deadpool is going to be, Deadpool 2 is going to make $150 million in its opening weekend. Justice League only made 96. It's crazy. I don't even want to think about that. Can we not make me sad? I wanted to, I was was looking forward to this conversation and you're (laughs) bumming me out. (laughs) So, so with that, with, you know, where, where do you see, an announcement coming do you think it's we're gonna get in an, because i get dms all the time hey yeah when is it we're gonna, gonna find out what is, do you think we're gonna get something by san diego comic-con do you think things are slowly gonna come out in the next couple of weeks i have a league is coming gone yeah i have a feeling it's gonna be a while because honestly there's no like there's no rush it doesn't look like the matt reeves movie is particularly close to happening you know what i mean if you pay attention to all the different things that are lining up apparently birds of prey is going to be filming in 2019 and you know like they they kind of have their slate mapped out for like these next couple of years i kind of feel like you know since since matt reeves movie is not near entering production yet they may drag this out and focus on things that are a little more positive. Like I, San Diego Comic-Con is probably going to have a heavy emphasis on the DCU streaming network because that's very exciting and they want to get people buzzed about that. I think that's when we're going to get uh, some Superman sequel news. Um, yeah, you you got to stop. You know, I, people don't realize this, but you guys are on video, so I could see when you're giving the thumbs down. <laughs> Justin is giving these profound thumbs downs as I speak, but I'm telling you that the I think streaming that, service is stupid. I am so excited for the streaming service, so unless I'll fight three, you on. Unless it's like three ninety nine, I'm not getting it. I'm not doing it. I already oh, have Netflix. I, no, no, I I do agree though. The price the price point has to be agreeable if it's only going to be like five or six shows, you know. Right. But, but I'm not spending ten bucks a month for there. it. No, I agree. It needs to be like three ninety nine or four ninety nine. I need but the entire that... Gotham series, or I'm out. But but but, but... <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> but but that aside, I have a feeling that right now it's going to be about a positive face, not a controversial face. You know what I mean? Talking yeah. about Ben Affleck is going to be sort of like a you know controversial. Having to mention, oh, here's the new Batman is going to raise all these questions. It's going to be, you know, didn't he have another contract, a movie on his contract? He never got a solo movie. Why did this happen? You know, right now, it, it would just lead to all kinds of confusion. So I feel like San Diego Comic-Con is going to be a place where they want to put their best face
face forward. So they're going to talk about the MCU. They're going to maybe announce another show or two that's coming out for that. They're going to talk about the Superman sequel. They're going to show another Aquaman highlight reel. Maybe they'll have something to show from Wonder Woman since that goes starts filming on May 28th. Like it's going to be all about positive, positive, positive. Look at these beautiful things we have going. You know, they're not going to want to bring a Batman, you know, at that show. But we can't get to the positive because they're not marketing these films correctly. <laughs> they're not marketing Shazam correctly. They're not marketing Aquaman cor- correctly. Well, it's too soon. Shazam's a year away. The I understand that, but we have Aquaman at the end of this year. There should have already been a trailer. Oh, need, I know. Yeah. Like the the moment you know, Peter Cooper. You know, I'm a huge. Like, I've read a bunch of his books and everything. I think he's a brilliant guy. And I remember watching the behind the scenes of Batman '89, and he says, "The moment your movie justice, the moment it is announced." market your movie and they are not correctly so how can i be excited for you know i'm excited for shazam i'm excited for aquaman but how can i be more excited when i feel like it's just business as usual right we have like aquaman coming out and it's gonna be a huge smash hit but why can't they stop thinking about the old ways of chris nolan universe marketing the film where it's gonna have the slow build up and then it's that's not what, you know, that's that's six years old. That's seven, eight years old thinking. Like, if you look at how Marvel markets their films, if you look at how Disney markets their films, they, th- you know, look at Mission Impossible too. Look at how Jurassic World does theirs. They are, as soon as something pops up, they're showing, you know, stills. Here's Chris Pratt. He's on the set of Jurassic World 2. Here's, you know, Chris Pratt, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. They're in the business of selling their movies. Look at Deadpool. When Deadpool 2 was announced, what'd they do? Didn't they, didn't they have him, you know, on like some like bear rug thing, if I remember correctly? Wasn't that like Deadpool 2 marketing? Yes. Like that, why is it that, you know, and I'm the most critical of this because, you know, I love marketing, but they're not doing it correctly. Well, hang on, hang on. Now, just I'm going to be that that other the the opposing voice. All right. Just for the sake of argument here. okay? because everyone said the same thing about Wonder Woman. I don't know if you remember that. But remember, in the in the months leading up to Warner Woman, there was all this. Why hasn't there been a new trailer? Why, where's the promotion for this movie? Oh, Warner Brothers is scared of this movie. Oh, they know it's going to bomb. That's why they're not promoting it. There was all this chatter about how Wonder Woman is not being promoted right. It's incorrectly being promoted. This, this, and that. And then what they did was like they they found this way to like ride a very intense wave of promotion in like just the month leading up to the movie. And it kind of gave the film like an immediacy. It kind of popped up on everyone's radar very quickly and didn't give them a chance to roll their eyes and get tired of it nine months later when it eventually came out. And Wonder Woman became this huge sensation. Yeah, I'm just bringing that up because like I remember hearing critiques like this about that. I think I was even one of them. When the movie was opening in mid-June and it was like April and there hadn't been really a big trailer yet aside from like a teaser for the year before. I was like, where is that? You know, the, 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 this movie is a disaster. Why, are, why don't they want to show it? And then look, they, they shut me the hell up because obviously they figured out some sort of way to market it in that last, like in the last four weeks and look what that movie became. So I feel like Aquaman, you know, they might be trying to do, maybe they want to get through the crowded spring and summer season and then all throughout the fall hit you hard 
so that in December when it arrives, you know, everything's at a fever pitch. That's just, you know, devil's advocate. And since you brought up like Disney's promotional and all that sort of stuff, let's not forget that everyone was complaining about Solo and when are we going to see a Solo trailer? And we didn't get to see anything about this movie until what, mid-March? And now the movie's opening in May and it looks like it's projected to open around 170 million, might do closer to 200 million. So, you know, it's, you know, you don't always have to be promoting a film for a year. You know, sometimes if you if you you know if you hit the market right and you schedule your promotional campaign right, you can get you know a lot of mileage. You can get a lot out of just like a good solid two or three months of promotion. It can happen. Solo is proof of that, and Wonder Woman is proof of that. All but right? they had, but they, but they had in the play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> they they put that solo trailer out in front of Avengers. They could have done that with Aquaman. See what I think. What I'm trying to say here is. You, when you had Justice League come out, it left people. They, they for a lot of people I talked to, liked the movie, but some people like it left a bad taste in their mouth. And what they could have done is they could have said, "All right, that was kind of like a phase and a point five. Like, okay, phase one's coming with uh, Aquaman, Shazam. But here's here's some stills. Here's here's the Aquaman trailer. You're just copying Marvel now." but i'm just saying like there there's opportunity here to you know put the right foot forward going forward right like we can we can we cannot be so afraid of movies that are good you know being put out there and marketed well but just but but you see but it's dangerous though right now Mm -hmm. because of uh, because of the tepid response to justice league you run the risk of like if you show me a trailer with jason momoa's aquaman in it people going oh yeah it's that it's more of that eh, justice league movie you know what I mean? It's Possibly. more of that, you know, like maybe giving people some time to sort of put that in their rearview mirror might be good. I mean, I listen, I hear what you're saying. I totally do. Like use it as a palate cleanser. Let's wash away Justice League with how this awesome looking movie is. But yeah, you know, I could also see the other side where it's like you don't want to risk if people were so blah about Justice League, which it's, just, it's such a sad thing to say, by the way. But if people were so blah about Justice League, you don't want to risk them seeing like, oh, it's just more of, you know, more of that. This guy was one of the stars of Justice League. It's more of this. You know what I mean? Like you don't you don't want it to get lumped in with the meh response Justice League got. But did you m- remember the last? Was it a trailer that Deadpool, or was it like a TV spot where Deadpool's like, "Is this more like the? Why, why are you so mad? This isn't the DC universe." Like yeah, that's no. just. I'm just saying. Like we can go. Like what DC needs to do is the opposite of what it has been doing with its marketing. Let's lead. Let's be out there. Let's let's put our product. Let's be proud of what we're doing. You know what, what they I, should do? Hire me. Hire well, me I mean, to well, our market their films. So I look, they should this. hire you to do marketing, and they should hire me to lead creative. But aside from that, um, so, yeah, because of the whole Henry Cavill mustache gate, they they should totally go to Paramount and be like, listen. You should let us put an Aquaman trailer with Mission Impossible Fallout because of what you what you did to us with Justice League's mustache. Not only that, not only do, does Paramount kind of owe them one, but let's not forget July 27th was originally Aquaman's release date. 
before mm-hmm. it got it got delayed from July to October and then from October to November or whatever it was. So I think it would be fitting for Paramount and Warner Brothers to get on the same page and be like, can we please put our Aquaman trailer in front of your amazing looking Mission Impossible movie? You owe us one. <laughs> I was hoping that we, they would do it in front of Avengers because I knew that movie was just going to be ju- massive. Yeah. Um, oh, but, really? You called that? Wow, that's a, that was a bold prediction. I know. Like, I, I'm i one for one. <laughs> Look at this analyst over here. <laughs> Man, I, they really do need to hire me because I think that Avengers is going to do I, some money. I think Avengers is going to be a big summer blockbuster. <laughs> it's going to do more than $100 million at the box office. Oh, $1 million. <laughs> Now I can't. So, I don't really know the whole nitty gritty details about like what goes behind the scenes about whether or not they want to market anything. But from a casual moviegoer perspective, I feel like the longer they wait to put a trailer out, it just puts doubt in my mind. Like regardless, like with the Star Wars movie for example, they kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm like, why? And this movie comes out in a couple months, and they haven't shown anything of this movie. Like I, I don't think they're very confident in it. And you know, even if it comes out, it's great. But there's still those doubts, like going into the, the movie, like the build up to the movie. I'm like, oh man, the, they they didn't want to spend a whole lot of time or money trying to market this thing. That they're just like sitting on it for a while. So I'm kind of afraid that we might get a situation like that with Aquaman, where they just kind of sit on it, and people are like, oh, they're not showing any footage. They're they're afraid of what people are going to say about it. You know? Like what what Aquaman has going for it is it's going to be the first superhero film. That's going to be directly underwater majority of the film. Like we've had superhero movies, you know, you know, obviously on Earth in space. It's going to be one that's going to be under the water. If they could just literally show Aquaman with his trident walking from like, you know, from like a lighthouse cliff into like swimming into water and him throwing his, you know, trident credits the trailer. Like that's all you need. Just like. Literally, like, teaser trailers have kind of lost the art form of what a teaser trailer needs to be. It's, okay, this movie comes out here. Here's some footage that's just, like, here, you know, here's just a little taste, a little niblet. Let's get you, let's get you a little excited. We're not going to give you the full, you know, the full entree, but it's, you know, a nice little appetizer for you. But I feel like with DC, it just, like, can't, you know, like... For instance, the Suicide Squad trailer needed to be re-edited by an outside editing company. Like, what in the actual <laughs> fuck is going on with your marketing team when you need to fucking do that? Like, what is going on? Dude, just send me the footage. I have Final Cut Pro. Let's make this happen. I know. <laughs> like, I'm not even, like, I'm not just talking about that. I'm just talking about, like, you know, okay, so wait. You have the world's greatest superhero of all time. But, you know, he's dead, but we know he's coming back. You know what? Let's leave him. Let's leave Superman out of the all all the marketing for Justice League. Let's just do that. That's a great idea. You are on a rampage tonight. (laughs) Hey, man, Superman being alive is a plot twist. You can't reveal a plot twist so soon. (laughs) Ma, do you hear? They got Superman on that trailer. All right. Uh, okay. Did you did you get it out of your system there, Justin? <laughs> I'm spewing venom right now. For the record, I am not worried about Aquaman's marketing just yet. Now, if if we get through the summer and there's still no trailer, 
then, yeah, okay, I'll start to worry a little bit. But yeah. overall, you know, I've seen some really good marketing campaigns that really only hit the ground running with like two or three months to go. You know, so I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to jump on the this is going to be a fucking disaster uh, bandwagon right now. Yeah, we, we still got Aquaman's seven months. Go ahead, Kyle. Yeah, we still got seven months. So, I, you know, maybe right now it's not necessarily the time to start dropping the trailer, but I guess it kind of depends what they want to go. If they had a really short teaser in mind, maybe now's a good time to drop it. But if they wanted to do it's like a full fledged like two minute mo uh, video or something, then OK, maybe maybe wait until Comic-Con. Drop it there, get the ball rolling then. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like two or three months out and we're still kind of waiting, then maybe that's a different story. <laughs> I mean, if they hire an outside editing company and I hear about it, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna tweet about it this time. I'm gonna be like, mother, like what? Again? <laughs> so I don't know, like there's a lot, you know. You know, like they had an opportunity to really drop, you know, like a final, like first still for Shazam. They let people take spy photos and like post those. I just, yeah, that was baffling. It just like it's just like this old mentality of I understand that Warner Brothers is like old school. They're really conservative. They, you know, they they don't. But it's not rocket science. Like you see, you literally could just like take. What Marvel does, and just like, oh, okay, we're gonna just do that, just just do it. So I don't know. Well, there, it just it's a little head scratching. I said we're gonna get some head scratching moments on this tonight's episode. <laughs> yes. Um, so anything else before Kyle tomorrow? Anything else we need to talk about before we put one thirteen to bed? Uh, I just, I just one thing I wanted to mention since you were we just lightly you mentioned earlier about like. You know, a Batman movie that's out of continuity and have Reeves do his own thing. Like I did hear from one of my sources this week while trying to follow up on all this insanity with Affleck that the Reeves Batman is still very much scheduled to be part of the DCU. It is very much in this current continuity and there has not been talk of Reeves movie being outside of it. That's what I heard from my person. I is Jake Gyllenhaal still a top contender? I got a big I don't know about that. Now, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you guys. Because, you know, it sounds like, you know, he was the front runner. But now, you know, it's it's been several months and things change. And, you know, who knows what happens. But the, the, the source apparently feels like Gyllenhaal, they, they can't say with any real certainty if they're still the front runner. So with that in mind... With the idea that Gyllenhaal may be gone or no longer in the running and what we've been hearing that Affleck is gone, gun to your head, who do you cast as Batman now? I don't I don't know. Like Gyllenhaal still like I haven't heard anything like I've kind of heard like kind of the same thing you have. It's kind of like, well, we'll we're still waiting to find out if, like the one guy vacates the role. But now that we haven't really heard, I mean, he did kind of come out and say that Gyllenhaal did kind of come out and say that he wasn't. I don't. Did we talk yeah. about that last time? Is that something we discussed? No, that that was that was after our last conversation. So, so I'm gonna give you a little uh, hint. So, my dad has been a police officer for like many years, and he has always <laughs> told me that if you ask someone a question and they look away as they answer, that means they're not being entirely truthful. <laughs> and if you watch the Jake Gyllenhaal thing. He does look away when he answers the question. So, yes. um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I haven't heard anything definitive. So, as long as it's not a 
as long as it's, I'll say this, as long as it's not Joel Edgerton, I'm happy. <laughs> well, because I have two contenders. I have two contenders depending on what direction they want to go in. If they want to go with like current Batman, like, like in terms of like a, a continuation of this older sort of grizzled Batman, an established Batman in his 40s, uh, I would actually go the John Hamm route. And if they want to go younger and they want to, you know, then I would actually go the Army Hammer route. Those I, are my two picks. Even though I still think Army Hammer is going to be a lantern. Yeah, I mean, he looks like Hal, totally. But yeah. um, I don't know. Like, I, it's it's so hard to, like, I don't know anymore. I, I still want Hall to be... The Batman and Matt yeah, I've, Batman. I, I've never been able to see it. You know, I, I, I think we said, I, I told you this last time I was on this show, that it's one of those things where, like, I, I'm excited for it only because Reeves is excited for it. Like, if, 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 if a director is that high on him, then clearly there must be something I'm not seeing. That's why, like, I think about, you know, uh, Nolan and Ledger and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I'm excited for Hall in that regard, but on his own, if you were to ask me if I would cast Hall as Batman, I would never in a million years consider him, you know, the type for that. I would much sooner cast him as, like, the Riddler or something, or, or Scarecrow or something like that. I think Army Hammer's the other one as well. There, I mean, John Hamm, obviously, Carl Urban. There's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good potential Batmans, but you're, you, you have to find someone who can play, you know, you know, multiple characters. It's not just, you're not just playing Batman. You're not just playing Bruce Wayne. You're playing, the, you know, the Bruce Wayne who is with Alfred. You're playing the Bruce Wayne who's the Playboy. You're playing the Bruce Wayne, you know, as Batman. You know, so like Jake Gyllenhaal could really pull that off. John Hamm can pull that off, even though I, I think that's kind of more like a pipe dream at this point. I don't think that he wants to do it. Plus, he's doing commercials now, so that's kind of weird to see like my Batman doing like commercials for like tax return <laughs> shit. So, <laughs> by the way, I. Don't I know. It, the, the, the thing that I think would be a benefit for Hammer if they went younger is that I kind of consider Hammer on that same tier of star as like Cavill and Godot were, or Gadot were before they got these jobs. And I think that's kind of like the perfect position to be in when you're, you're casting for like a superhero like this, where you want them to be around for at least five, ten years. And like, you know, they're right on the cusp of superstardom, but they, you know, they've mainly just been good working actors and they're not these household names yet. So then when people see them, they see them as those characters, not like, oh, that's, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman. It's, you know, like the people who, you know, there's a lot of people who have no idea who Army Hammer is. So when they see him, if they were to see him in a Batman movie, it would just seem like, oh, this is Batman. You know what I mean? Right, right. So and I kind of put he, him he on the Gadot. Yeah, I know, I know. And they, and I've never seen Man from Uncle, but I've always heard that they had a good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, so there, there, there goes your world's finest right there. You know, and he's in that perfect age range, and he's at just the right level of quote unquote stardom. That's why I feel like someone like that is definitely important. And that's why, like, even beyond just picking specifics, I say avoid A-listers. Don't do the Ben Affleck thing again where you get someone who's really just a rental. Get someone who you can count on to be like a rock, your Batman, for the next decade. I think that's that's the way you have to go here. I agree. The only, only person that has to be cast in Matt Reeves the Batman is John Goodman as Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I'll allow it. (laughs) 
I mean, Kyle, you haven't said much about who you'd want if Hall doesn't do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, I'm totally in favor of not going for superstars right at the front there because, like, like, like Mario said, we need someone committed for possibly a whole decade. Uh, so yeah. Someone, you know, free up your schedule because you're, you're, you're going to be here for a while, especially if you're, like, a main character like Batman, you know. He's pretty central to a lot of DC activities, at least I feel like he is, anyway. Um, but another option they could do is just, like, even go further down the tier. Let's just go for like a complete nobody, someone that we don't really know. Maybe they've had, maybe they got their start in a TV series somewhere. Move them up to a movie role somehow, as long as they're qualified. You know, like they they can nail the audition or whatever. Of course. Yeah, you you know who I would have wanted if we're talking about like someone who's like very not that known and maybe maybe he's a TV star. Scott but like Atkins. Not- no, Are you gonna say Scott Atkins? No, a lot of I hear people, that all the time. Lot, yeah, like, me too. I hear that all the time. But yeah, like I'm gonna name someone who, like, unfortunately now has been tainted because then they ended up getting a superhero role on a TV show, and the TV show was a huge disaster. So I don't think it could ever happen. But uh, Anson Mount, who was from um, Hell on Wheels, who then got the job as the guy who screams on uh, Inhumans, the guy, the guy who can't use his voice because he'll kill people. Oh, I never watched Inhuman, so well, I wouldn't know. If you look up Anson Mount, or if you've ever seen the AMC Western series Hell on Wheels, I feel like Anson Mount would have made an awesome Batman too. But now that he has the whole stink of Inhumans on him, I don't think that's a possibility. Sadly, I mean, if you want to f- get people to forget about that disaster, you do Batman. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, look it up and DM me later. Anson Mount. I think he. I, I think he looks the part, and he has that that dark, brooding intensity that Batman would require. I mean, Dan Stevens, Luke Evans. Those people are kind of like for like for me. You know, obviously Dan Stevens was in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Luke oh, Evans. that's interesting. But Dan uh, Stevens also on Legion right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm looking at pictures of Anson Mount right now. I think he'd make a good Oliver Queen. Mm, that's it. Although, you know what? I see that. But if we're talking Oliver Queen, I would totally go Charlie Hunnam for yeah. that. I won't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Hunnam with the mustache. Go for it. He is a handsome fellow in that Hell on Wheels, though. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not, obviously, he'd have I'm to not, cut the long. Yeah, he wouldn't have the long hair, but I think he, like, he's he's got that intense yeah. look about him. Before before Affleck was cast, since we're kind of like in the TV realm, <laughs> yeah. I I kind of wanted Andrew Lincoln to be Batman. Oh, geez! I mean, but he's such like a small, petite little guy. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, so, he has so was uh, Keaton, but. I, yeah, I, that's has, true. Andrew Lincoln has like this amazing acting range. Oh, he's amazing. I agree. So I don't know, but if if since we're kind of like on the this kind of like TV, but I feel like he could you know stop doing <laughs> The Walking Dead season <laughs> ninety ninety two, close enough. Whatever season they're on where the zombies don't matter anymore and wait there's zombies in that show <laughs> <laughs> and everything else you know so i don't know like they're like i think that's gonna be it for uh episode 113 where can we find you mario on twitter facebook instagram oh wow 
Okay, so my website is revengeofthefans.com. It covers news and rumors and reviews and all that stuff for geek, cult for geek culture. Uh, on the Twitter, you can find me at I underscore M underscore MFR. Uh, I have two podcasts that I'm a part of, which is I have my solo show, which is called the El Fanboy Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podbean, all that good stuff. And as well as the the Revengers podcast, which where it's me and two co-hosts, and it's a very sort of you know current news of the week sort of uh, type show. So there you go, El Fanboy podcast, the Revengers podcast, Revenge of the Fans. I am MFR on the Twitter. Very nice. And we just want to say thank you again for coming on the show. It's always a blast to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having nerd, me. nerd stuff with Thank us. You. So. Yes, this is a pleasure. I, I I was thinking we were going to talk for like a half hour, and here we are an hour and a half later. So, awesome. oh, my bad. My no, bad. it's awesome. So, um, <laughs> who needs sleep? I know it's awesome. Who sleeps anymore, Kyle? I have no idea. And that's going to be it for episode 113 of Shannon on Batman. I thank Mario for being on the podcast so late at night with us. Uh, it was definitely a very good spirited talk. Definitely got a lot of things uh, out of the way. So hopefully you guys enjoyed what you listened to. But now on to some business. If you are a member of our Patreon, uh, we want to thank you. And who are those people that we get to shout out tonight? Uh, Kyle Davis. We need to give a big shout out to Cedric Ramos and Ali Gazelbich for being very loyal supporters over there. And uh, if you're interested in also joining the Patreon crew, Head over to podcastempirenetwork.com and sign up today. So, yeah, make sure that you, if you're not a patron of our Patreon, we can do that. Any little bit helps. Um, but if you want to reach out to us, you can definitely do that on our Twitter at Shanlin on Bat. You can find us on Facebook at Shanlin, the the Shanlin on Batman podcast. Let me get that right eventually. Uh, you can follow me at Batman Shanlin. You can follow Tom at Batman Bass Slap. And you can follow Kyle at... Looting Kyle. And make sure that if you are a fan of this show, you listen to our other podcast, Lords of Film, and then you follow or watch uh, Kyle's Twitch. What is your Twitch, Kyle? Uh, it is twitch.tv forward slash looting Kyle. And that's going to be it. Thank you so much. Episode 113 is done. Peace.